Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So I have a couple things uh, on my heart this morning, and really I've got three purposes um, uh, for, for my message today, and I'm just going to give it to you right up front. And maybe this is wise, maybe this isn't. But um, you know, sometimes you let the cat out of the bag too early. People are like, oh, Lord, I don't want to hear about that. But there's a point to this. Number one, I want to obey God. And, uh, you know, above everything else, you know, I want to obey the Lord. And he uh, uh, lays something in my heart to speak about. I definitely want to do that. Because uh, how many know that obedience is, is super important? So we want to do that. And uh, uh, I want to honor him and make sure that that's done. But also, uh, secondly, I want to encourage people to get involved this morning. I want to encourage people to get involved here at the church and, uh, uh, and be a part of what God is doing. And, um, you know, it's funny, you hear more, more amens and obeying God in my message than obeying <laughs> or, or than the getting involved part. How I many you know getting involved is important? Amen. It's important. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then the third thing uh, is to make sure you don't miss out on what God has for you. And so really, there's three things I want to focus on this morning. Go with me over to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And I'm trusting you're believing God with me to uh, get all this out and uh, get it handled the way that God would see us to do it and make sure it's what he wants it to be. But uh, what did I tell you? Ephesians chapter 4. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Look at the person next to you. Say, praise the Lord. <laughs> Who'd you look at? Okay, all right. <laughs> did they both ignore you? Eric did. All right, Eric ignored them. Eric may ignore the pastor. You all heard it, so all right. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, uh, this is the seventh verse, and it seems like these uh, particular uh, set of scriptures have come up a lot lately for me, and um, Ephesians chapter four, we'll start in the seventh verse, it says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Notice it says, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. How I many know that that doesn't just mean me, that doesn't just mean uh, uh, the person next to you, it actually means you. Grace has been given to each of us. Everybody say, grace has been given to me. So that ought to make us excited a little bit, at least a little bit happy to know that God has given each of us grace. Amen? Each of us uh, was given, grace was given to, but to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. Verse 9, now that he ascended, what does it mean? But he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, and he himself gave some, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. I mean, we still have work to do, and I have work to do myself, right? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the tricker of men, cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth and love may grow up into all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Notice it says that this is happening by what every joint supplies. It means that every part, every joint, every member has something to supply, right? According to the effective working by which every part does its share, 
causes growth of the body, uh, causes growth for the edifying of itself in love. So grace was given to each of us, and grace was given to me. Grace has been given to you. We all have a part. I mean, this is this is not just a a one time uh, idea. This is something that's been it's throughout the Bible that gifts were given to men. There, the, the grace of God is upon each of us. We've all received the Holy Spirit uh, uh, for ministry to be witnesses, and so God has done these things in our life. But it's there to be used. Amen. Uh, go with me over to um, uh, Romans, the 12th chapter. I'm just going to read just a few scriptures to start off with. Romans chapter 12. How many lo- love your Bible today? Thank God for the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Romans chapter 12. Now I want to get down to a, a verse a little bit lower, but I have, I've got to always have to read the first two verses. Anytime I read these scriptures, I've got to read the first two verses in Romans chapter 12. Verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and and the perfect will of God. How many know we must continually be doing something with our mind? I love to read those two verses because it's a continual uh, reminder even to myself that the work in my life is not done. And the primary place it it happens is in my mind. Renewing my mind to think in line with God's thoughts, to think God's idea, his principles, his ideas, to make them my thoughts and my ideas. Is, right? goes on verse say, for I say, actually the, the Amplified Bible says, I warn you through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not just one or two, but to every person who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Notice he said, the Amplified, he said, I warn you. This was something that the Apostle Paul was bringing uh, emphasis to. There's warning here to us because anytime you warn somebody, I mean, you don't just warn somebody over something that's insignificant. Something that's not important, you don't, you don't warn them over that. Hey, I warn you now, be careful how you sit in that seat. You, if somebody says that to you, you would think there must be something with my seat that's going on, right? I mean, I'm, I need to be careful. Did anybody get warned today when you sat down in your chair? Did pastor warn us to be careful how we sit? No, no, because there's no reason to. But if it were to give you a warning, now Mark, before you sit down, be careful. Mark would probably, well, maybe not Mark, but most people would, because, would, you know, Mark is an adrenaline junkie. He probably would even, if you know Mark, you know that's not true. But anyway, uh, no, Mark would, would be careful how we sat because the warning implies that there must be some sort of danger or risk attached to not heeding the warning, right? And so he said, I warn you, through the grace given to me, the grace that was upon Paul's life, the position he was in, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So there must be potential for people, for all of us, right, to consider ourselves more highly than we should. You know, something that, that uh, uh, we, we did this experiment in youth several years ago, it's been a little while ago, uh, Joby Jett wore the same outfit every single week to service for what? Eight, nine, ten weeks. He wore the exact same outfit on a Wednesday night for eight and nine, ten weeks to see how many people are paying attention to him. And nobody caught on. You would think by week three or four, somebody would say, Joby, don't you have another shirt? I mean, he, was, he wore the same socks and same underwear, I think, every single week. I mean, he washed them in between. But, I mean, he, he wore the same everything every single week. But, you know, the whole point was people aren't, nobody's paying attention to you. 
How many know that a lot of times we live life thinking everybody's, everybody has their eyes on us? And, and because of that, that opinion of ourselves, thinking that the world, we can say it this way, maybe the world revolves around what we're doing. Right. I mean, let, let's be honest, you know, everybody's paying attention. And, and so it affects how we act. Having an opinion that's too high of ourselves uh, uh, can affect how we respond to things. Well, in any area of our life, if we view our own opinion, our own our own position, our own time, our own opinions on whatever it is, if we're not careful, we can fall into a trap of 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 of, of holding ourselves at a at a, in a place that we ought not be in, and it causes us to causes us to live life in a way where we fall short, right? And so Paul was saying here, I warn you not to do this, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but think soberly, be rational about this, as God has given to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, notice what he said here. According to the grace that's been given. Remember, grace has been given to each of us, and there are going to be different graces, different things, a place in our life, right? And we ought to not think of ourselves too highly, more highly than we ought to. With all of that in mind, what did he say? Let you can read with me. Let us use them. Let us use them. You know, the only gift that's any good is the one you put into practice, the one you, you utilize, right? I don't know about you, but I know, you know, my kids growing up, when I buy them something for Christmas, I expect them to open it. I expect them to, to find out what it is. And whatever the purpose of it is, I expect them to use it. Why? Because I spent my money on this thing and I spent time fighting people at the mall or whatever or on Amazon, you know, to, to get. And it's now on everything we did the last couple of years has been 100 percent Amazon. But thank the Lord for Amazon. They, actually, Amazon might be the Antichrist. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, <laughs> but, you know, you went through the time of finding these things. I expect them to use it. Right. I mean, if I did, if I unless it's something to only be looked at, well, then you better look at it. You know, if it's if it's something that's that's for display only, we'll put it in a place where you can see it. Don't put it in the back of your closet. No, use it for its intended purpose. Anybody else feel that way or is that just me? Well, do you think God feels that way as well? Do you think he, he says here, Jesus, he himself, he made an emphasis in, in Ephesians that he himself has done these things. It was emphasis, not just God, but he wanted you to know that he himself did it. As a matter of fact, he was specific in giving of these gifts. Well, so that means he has, he's paying attention. Every word is inspired by God. He knows exactly what grace and what gifts he's placed in each of our lives. God knows it. God even knows the ones that you're not even aware of yet. He knows what's in your life because why he put them there. Well, he put them there for a reason, not just to say that he gave them, but he wants us to use them, right? It says, so let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in portion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts or encourages in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows with cheerfulness. Amen. Now go with me to Ephesians, the second chapter, Ephesians chapter two, the 10th verse. Like I said, we're going to read, let's be the uh, three here in a row, just to kind of look at Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians, the second chapter. And this ties directly into this. Remember gifts have been given to each one of us. Nobody is exempt. 
And, and, and you might think that's a negative. That's a positive. We've all been graced by God. Amen. And he wants us to use them. In Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship, his handiwork. You are his workmanship. It means God himself was personally involved in your creation. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works. For good works. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. The, the reason why he made you, he spent so much time, invested so much in you is for the purpose of good works, right? Which God prepared beforehand. Why? That we should walk in them. You know, like I said, this is something, these are things that God intends that we use. These are things he places in our life, not just to put them there for the sake of putting them there, but he does them, makes them, fashions them, prepares these things, places them in our lives, these graces, for the specific reason of us using them and, and laying a hold of these things and put them into practice in our life, right? There is a purpose behind it. It said that, that we should walk in them. That's how God looks at these things. You know, I know growing up, you know, growing up in a minister's home and, and, and we were very involved and, and obviously ministry was very important in my house. I mean, ministry was, was, was obviously was our life. It's kind of a good thing, right, for a minister's home where ministry is important, right? And so ministry was very important in our family. So everything we did revolved around the church. And so, you know, growing up, uh, there was never a question about me being involved, not being involved. There was no question. I know uh, back in the day, where's Leah? Maybe she's serving when the, she's serving, she's over there. Uh, when the church was young and first starting, uh, you know, we didn't have the, the wonderful band we have now. We have great musicians, you know, and, and back then I think we had a piano player and was, was Leah our only other musician at the time? No, no, she played, she played the tambourine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't tell me now that tambourine is an instrument. Was she the only other at the piano? We had, our band consisted of a piano player and one tambourine. We were a tambourine playing church. We just, woo. And so Leah Elin, she was our tambourine player. I remember she had the moon shape. We, I still have it back in the back. Blue moon shaped tambourine. She'd play that thing. And so that was the extent of our music department. We had singers, but that was only musicians we had. Piano player and Leah playing tambourine. Well, as I'm growing up, you know, I got into the fifth grade and, and into middle school. And, and you know, I, I had some natural giftings, but I hadn't done anything with it. Just, just rhythm was something that was kind of in me. You know, I'm a, I'm a fantastic dancer. No, I'm not. But anyway, I, I, you know, I had some, you know, I had a little bit of rhythm there. Well, I realized because this was the way we did things as a family, when there's a need, you find a way to fill it. And I don't know if you guys told me to do this. I think I just decided to do it on my own, I believe. But I, mom said I was always tapping on stuff. And so to, to channel my tapping, she's, you know, it was, I don't know if it was me or you, but it was a, it was a group decision that let's do something with this annoying tapping and make it into an annoying sound into a joyful sound. Right. And so I learned to play the drums and, and I started taking le lessons and they invested in me playing and I started taking lessons and became the church drummer. And, uh, if you don't know this, I was the drummer for many, actually I taught Eric to play. And he's now way better than me. So anyway, thank you very much. But anyway, uh, taught, taught different ones to play. But I became the, the church drummer. And so I gave 
uh, Leah a break from the tambourine. She moved on to doing other things. But this idea of seeing a need and just filling it was just a part of our family. And some people think, well, that's because you're in a minister's home. And now down the road, because you are called to the ministry, that's just what you do. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that these gifts have been given to each one of us. It says to each one, not just ministers, ministers, families, or, or people who are prone to those things, but Jesus said, the Holy Spirit said, Paul said by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that these things have been given to each and every last one of us for the purpose that we use them. For the purpose that we use them. Now, I would say this, I think... I think uh, God is probably not that different for us. And we actually have scripture uh, uh, that backs this up. But uh, I do believe that, that God is much like we are uh, as human beings, that he is very well aware of what are we doing with these gifts placed in our life. He's aware of this. He pays attention to these things. They're important to these things. Like I said, my, 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 my focus this morning is to encourage people to get involved. And so I want you to be encouraged. You've been graced by God. We shouldn't see serving as a down thing. Serving and being active in a part of what God is doing is a blessed thing. The truth is, it is the best thing going because what, the, what we do for the kingdom of God is the only thing, not one of a few things or one of two things, but the only thing that's going to matter is what we do in the kingdom of God, what we do during this time and what we do with these gifts, these graces upon our life, there is truly nothing more important than that. And so being, being you, I'm thankful. Personally, I'm thankful. I know when Amy and I, you know, when we moved to Tulsa, we went to Rama. Uh, uh, you know, we, we had been serving at the time we got married, you know, and, and I, was, I served in every department. But, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because, oh, look at you, Pastor Greg, aren't you wonderful? Because, no, I enjoyed it. And I, and I still enjoy these things. But I worked in every department except for Tiny Tots in the nursery. And, and, and I worked in, we won't go into that, but anyway, I worked in, in if you're on a Sunday night a little while ago, I put my foot in my mouth, so I won't do it again. So, cause I do love children, but anyway, um, so I was in faith Island, right? I was a character. I was Hank the tank. I was a bodybuilder. I didn't have to dress up for that. Uh, I was a, I was a bodybuilder. Um, I had a German accent, not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But anyway, uh, I served, I was on the prayer team. I, I worked in the prayer in the, in the, in the, what do we call it now? The Follow-up room. All right, Rachel would know. All right, follow-up room. So we, I was serving the follow-up. Uh, I was obviously played in the band. I ran sound. I actually ran slides. We had an actual slide projector back in the day. I did a slide projector. Uh, I was a, 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 a lead usher, not the head usher, but I was a lead usher. Um, so I was involved in all these everything. Every service I was doing something. And I never looked at it as something that was a pain, uh, but I enjoyed it. But let me know that if you're not careful, you can get tired. And so when we went to Rama, we moved to Tulsa. We were doing all of these things. And, and I also forgot, I worked in the youth, you know, was second in, in charge, you know, in the youth department under Cindy. And, oh yeah, I cleaned the church. I did that for, that was how Amy and I dated. We, we, our dates were, we cleaned the church together. Poor Amy. But anyway, so uh, that's literally what we did on Saturday night. We would go clean the church. So you can make it through cleaning every week, you know your marriage is going to be fine, right? So we cleaned every week for four and five hours on a set. We wait till like midnight to start. That was always not smart. But anyway, um, and, and I mowed the grass as well. So at the church, so, so, you know, was busy during those times. So we went to Rama 
And I thought, you know, we're going to be, we're going to just, we're going to, we're, we're at Tulsa now. We're now Bible school students. Our, our, our attention is, is studying the word, getting taught scriptures. It's going to be wonderful. So we're just going to go and, and be a normal, normal church member, Rhema 4,000 member church. You know, no one, you know, the song cheers, the TV show, everybody knows your name. Nobody knew your name in Tulsa, right? And so nobody knew who we were. Unfortunately, that didn't work either because when your dad's the regional director, people find out who you are. So we tried to hide out. So anyway, we're just going to go and just be normal church people. That lasted two weeks. And it wasn't because the dean of the school said, oh, Greg Anderson, you're, you're Edwin Anderson. Said, oh, we got things for you to do. We really need you to get involved. It wasn't because anybody came and talked to me, just because it was something that was in me and something that I had, that I had laid hold of that I, that I realized not just because there was a call on my life, but because I was in the family. I was in the body of Christ. There's grace on me. And I, it took us two weeks. Amy and I looked at each other. I said, I can't do this anymore. She said, I can't either. I said, oh. And that meant for the next two years, we didn't sit together on Sunday mornings. We didn't sit together on Wednesday nights. She worked every Sunday morning for two years in the second grade class. I worked every Sunday morning in the youth and every Wednesday night in the youth, right? And Amy took care of the, of the youth pastor's kids on Wednesday nights. That's what she did. So we got busy. And I, all the reason I say this because it was a joy. But if you're not careful, you can take what you're doing and you can let it because if, you're, if you're, your heart's not right or if your focus gets off of what you're doing, that you can lose sight and grow weary in what you're doing. I know when I, I mentioned about people getting involved, some people don't want to look at you. Okay, I get that. Other people don't want to look at you for a, a different reason because they feel like they're doing so much they don't want to feel like they're being talked into doing something else. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We have some that are just serving, 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 and that's great. Can I tell you this? Don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you do not lose heart. God is, is not unjust to forget your labor of love, right? Your la labor of love. God is not unjust. And so if you keep your attention where it needs to be, I tell you, serving is so valuable. Serving is such a blessing. And I am so grateful because I wouldn't be who I am today had I not been involved and served. And had I not done what God asked me to do, there are things in my life, naturally natural blessings, that I would not have or know had I not served faithfully. The reality is you're, you've, been, you've been created in Christ Jesus to live a good life. That's not what the scripture says. He does, yeah, yeah, he wants you to live a good life, but that's not what the scripture says. You've been created in Christ Jesus, what? For good works. Of course, grace, he wants you to live a good life. I don't you love when preachers do that. They set you up just to be like, Zach over there, yeah, oh, sorry. All right. <laughs> Uh, I, I think that's funny. But anyway, uh, God wants you to live a good life. He wants you to live a blessed life. But you're created in Christ Jesus. God didn't place us here as Club Med. We're not on vacation. I said, we're not on vacation. We're not here for 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, whatever years that, that until the Lord returns, right? Whatever that is. We're not here just to take up space and breathe oxygen. Right? And to, and to leave a carbon print footprint somewhere. That's not why we're here. God placed us here with the, with the purpose for good works that he prepared beforehand. He, he was thoughtful from the very beginning, from the foundations of the earth. He was aware of you, and he, you're not here by accident. Some people think the things that have happened in the past disqualify you. They don't disqualify you. 
No matter what has happened, no matter what the enemy has done, no matter what kind of garbage he's caused, listen, God will, God intends to turn around for the betterment, right? But who are you going to cooperate? The devil's plan, the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and let the junk that he's done keep you in a place of not doing certain things? Or are you going to side in with God in the works he's designed for you and let that work in your life and walk in those things so you have a decision? You have a decision to make. But we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Amen. Everybody says, God has prepared a work for me. He's prepared multiple works for us. I'm going to run out of time. Imagine that. Now, just to make sure we're clear, these works I'm talking about are not works unto salvation. They're works resulting from salvation. And it's important to say that because, you know, there are a lot of people, the Bible talks about people who stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I did this for you and I did that for you. And he'll say, what? Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, because they didn't know you. And so I just want to make sure we're clear on this. We talk about good works, that God has prepared good works for us, that we should walk in them. We're not doing these things to earn our salvation. You couldn't work enough to earn your salvation. It's not possible. And, and, and really our motivation and part of our success in what we're doing, and even the things that God has prepared for us, our success, uh, effectiveness in ministry or the work he's given us to do, right? Whatever it is, when I say ministry, it doesn't mean necessarily five-fold ministry. Serving on the ushers is ministry, right? Usher is ministry, right? Working, playing the tambourine like Leah did for years, it was ministry, but our effectiveness in ministry really is, is largely tied to whether it's effective here or, or pays off later is really dependent upon our heart and our, our intention, our motive for what we're doing. If your motive is to, is to not be harassed, you're missing out. If you're feeling harassed about serving, that's not coming from God. And it's certainly not coming from me this morning. It's not coming from us. That's coming from the enemy because he doesn't want you to serve. Why? Because we know in Ephesians, when every part does its share, it causes growth of the body. He doesn't want that, right? And so, and so if you, but if you're also doing it to try to earn something and to prove yourself to God, I'm telling you what, you need, you need to, don't stop what you're doing, but change your heart behind what you're doing. Change your heart behind what you're doing. Listen, you, your salvation is, is by grace, right? And, and faith, it, it, those things are, are, are paramount. You can't earn it. You can't, you can't earn this at all. Your works won't get you into heaven. It's sad that there will be people who stand before the Lord. The Bible says so in that day and say, Lord, Lord, look at all that I did. And, and he won't say you didn't do anything. He didn't tell him, nah, that wasn't you. That was somebody else named Joe. That wasn't you, that was somebody else. He'll, he, won't, he, won't, he won't argue on that. He'll say, I never knew you. I never knew you. So we're not talking about works unto salvation. We're talking about works resulting from salvation. The grace that's upon your life. The anointing that's upon your life. The gifts, the things that are placed upon your life. They're there for us to use them. Amen. It's true. We, we ought to be excited about these things. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in the 27th verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Thank God for the opportunity to serve. Thank God for the opportunity to be involved in the family of God. I'm so grateful for it. It says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the 27th verse, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, 
As God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophet, prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, the gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. The ministry of helps and those who, we, we classify that as, as the non-vocal or not the pulpit gifts, but those who, who make things happen, right? Who make the church work. I mean, the AC is on, well, the AC's on because we've got a program that turns it on, right? So, but the lights are on this morning because somebody came in and what? Turned the, hit the button. They didn't just miraculously happen, Right, because suddenly there's a building and lights just going to somebody turn them on. Uh, uh, checking, unlocking the bathrooms, making sure they're picked up. People are doing these things. People are involved doing these things. That, that is the ministry of help. And that's not just a natural thing. It's a God thing. It is something that it says uh, uh, of the Lord. It says that, what did it say? This, this tablet turned off. He's placed these in the church. Tablet turned off. Yeah, says uh, um, uh, and he appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets. Will we all agree with that? Third teachers. Yeah, Amen. We believe in that. Miracles. Amen. We believe in that. Gifts of healing. Absolutely helps. That is just as much appointed in the church as all the others. It's just as much appointed. Listen, whatever whatever is grace is upon you. Listen, the grace has been given to each of us. Your grace, my grace, doesn't matter what the grace is as long as we're doing the grace. But the, the, re, the reality is the grace that's upon your life is no different than the grace that's upon my life. It all comes from God and it holds the same value in his eyes. It holds the same value in God's eyes. He's not more impressed with a preacher than he is the person who, 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 who's the usher. Right, the prophet or somebody who's working in Faith Island, a character, he's not more impressed with one or the other. They're all grace, right? They're all grace, they're all grace. It's all grace, right? And it all comes from him. And so we don't wanna get in the trap. Well, my thing is not as important as your thing. And so because of that, I'm not gonna use it. No, it's not, in, we're not in competition with one another. We're, we're serving him. We're responding to what he's doing. There's nothing more important than that. There's nothing more important than that. I said, there's nothing more important than that. I ever say, well, I'm too busy for this. I'm too busy for that. Listen, there are things we should do and there are things we shouldn't do. I'm not, talking about, I'm not even talking about sinful things. There are things we should do. We've been created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them, that we should take advantage of. But then if there are things that we should do, works that we should do, there's also works that we shouldn't do. Well, what are they? Well, if it's in violation of scripture, you ought not rob banks. You probably ought not rob a bank, right? I'm praying about it. Is it your will that I, that I knock off that 7-Eleven? Probably not God's will, right? That's not a good work. But how many know any work that takes the place of the work you should be doing is not the right work? Right? I mean, there are a lot of blessings, a lot of great opportunities in life, but part of, part of our culture, we have so many things that are at our disposal, so many opportunities, and, and there, many of them are wonderful things that they become a problem when they take the place of what God has called us to do. They, that, that's when they become a problem, is when they take the place of what God has called us to do. So there are things you should do, there are things you should not do, and there should not a lot of time is just based upon our time. Time is the thing that we don't get back. It's the one resource we never get back is our time. So two things, I'm, like I said, two things here. First Corinthians chapter 12, two things on this point. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 12. In the 12th verse, it says, for as the body is one, has many members, but all the members uh, uh, of the 
of that body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we've all been baptized, we're all baptized into one body, whether Greek or Jew, whether slave or free. See, there's not even any, any, God doesn't even look at these things that we classify people with. God's not even concerned with those things. Don't get into, fall into the trap of classifying people. Right? Don't get into the trap of classifying people based upon this or the other. Really, in, in, the, in the New Testament church, when the, when the early church, when things were first getting started, you had people that were slaves, obviously slaves and, and, uh, and slave owners and these things were, were a common practice in those days. But in the church, you had people that were slaves that were in positions of authority over their masters in the church. Because why? Because it's got nothing to do with the natural circumstances. It's got nothing to do. God doesn't classify these things at all. He doesn't look at one versus another. We ought not do that as well, right? He, where was he? He said, whether slave or free, all have been made to drink in one, into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot, foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? Verse 18, but God has set the members, each one of us, or each one of them, into the body, just into, or in the body, just as he pleased. And so there's two things we're going to look at. Where God places you is not up to you. It's the truth. Where God places you is not up to you. You know, that, 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 that applies not only to uh, the grace that's upon our life. How I many know I'm not graced to lead praise and worship? If you've heard me sing, it's not my gracing, right? I mean, it's not what I'm graced to do. It's not what I'm graced to do. I'm really, I was graced for a season to play drums. But when the season passed, somebody who was more graced to do it took my spot and took that place. And so I filled it for a season, but, but there was a grace there for a time to do it, but then it moved on. There are many things I'm just not graced to do. I can't decide I'm gonna be graced in something else because I didn't originate the grace. I can't make the grace come on me. Now, there is something to be said about filling a position because it's not being met somewhere else and God can extend some, some grace to you temporarily to fill a position, and that happens often. But if every, if every part does its share, you, you, you have the ability for people to begin to function in their true gracing and where God has really anointed them and gifted them to, to serve, to be in those positions and not having to divide their attention amongst other positions because there's not someone there to fill it, right? And so it means every part is able to function at its full ability and begin to move the way it should. When that happens, what, 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 what do we know? What does the Bible say? When every part does its share, what happens? There causes growth to the body. When that takes place, growth happens. It's a promise from God. When every part is doing its share, the automatic response, the automatic response because it's been decreed by heaven, growth happens. Growth happens. If growth isn't happening, then something may be missing from being in a position it should be in. I'm not saying spots aren't getting filled, jobs are being undone. I'm not saying that necessarily, but it might be because people are filling certain spots that they're not truly graced to fill. They're doing it on a temporary gracing from God. Right? 
Sometimes, well, everything looks to be good, Pastor Greg. I don't know what else I can do. There are always things you can do. I was listening to one minister the other day, and, and he was talking about this, and he went to this church, and, and uh, he, as he was going, when he pulled up, uh, there were like six people waiting to greet him at the door when he pulled up. And I know right off the bat, people think that's just crazy. That's man worship. That's just, that's just, that's just treating people, treating the preacher. How I many you know there are a lot of preachers who, who abuse that stuff? I know one guy that, that I know of personally that he, I mean, he expects some crazy things from people who work in his church, completely unreasonable things. I mean, anytime somebody does something for you, you, didn't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't deserve it. Are, are you listening? You don't deserve when people do, when somebody blesses you, you don't deserve it. And if you start approaching things based on what you deserve, you're missing out on grace right? And, and you're setting whatever you sow, you reap. And so if, you, if you're expecting people to do something because you deserve it, guess what? You're setting up a, tra- a, a, a trail of before God where grace, grace can't be extended towards you. You also got to get what you deserve. None of us want that, right? And, but anyway, I know a lot of ministers, there are ministers that not a lot, but there are some that abuse these kind of things. But this one particular church he went to, that when he got there, there were six people at the door. And they welcomed him. People offered to carry his stuff. And you might think, well, that's just strange. And I'm not asking people to come take my stuff today. It's not what I'm saying. I'm, I can do that myself. But, but there, there's a key here. It wasn't about the individual. They were doing it to honor God. Do you think those people who, who met him at the door and were, were doing it not because they were forced to do it, they were doing it because they wanted to do it. Do you think when the message was taught, do you think they got something out of it? Do you think their hearts were prepared for the word that God had sent through this individual to be shared? Do you think they were ready to receive it? I would say absolutely. That's one of the reasons why I said when, you know, when we went to Rama, you know, we're going to, we're going to be, we're just going to take a seat for a little while. I could, something was off. Something just wasn't right. Something was, what well, was it just because you just were antsy and you just got to be busy? No, something was wrong. I realized my position of relaxing was affecting my position of receiving. And while I was comfortable on the flesh, it wasn't, it, I, I knew at this point, something's not right. Something's not registering right. And my own heart wouldn't let me just stay put. I had to do something right? I want to encourage you. God's got a place for you. Well, I don't have time. I want to encourage you. You absolutely have time. It's your choices. You absolutely have time, right? So two things here. It says that uh, uh, the number one is we don't, we don't decide for ourselves. God places each one in the body as he desires. That means he, your position, well, the grace upon your life, God has placed it upon your life. You, you, like I said, you may be able to pick somebody else's mantle up for a season, but listen, only the clothes that you can wear are going to fit you. Only the one that God designed for you is going to fit on you, right? And then the other thing is God places people in a body, a local church, where he chooses. The consumer Christian uh, uh, culture that we have where we go to, where we, to hear what we want to hear, really, listen, you have the right to do that, the, the, the legal right, but we don't have the moral right. I'm getting a lot of amens this morning. How many know this is the truth? I mean, Paul said, I want to warn you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought. People who approach where they go to church based upon what fits their needs or what they like, that is considering yourself more highly than you ought to think. It really is. And that's not people say, I don't like that, Pastor Greg. I didn't say it. What I say a couple weeks ago on a Sunday night, I said, don't hate the player, hate the game. You know, I, I didn't say it, right? They're, they're not my words. He puts them in the body where he chooses. God decides these things. I don't decide this thing. 
And really the truth is when I give my life to Christ, if you, if you accept Jesus as Lord, you must, or savior, you must also accept him as Lord because they're tied together. And Lordship means they make the decisions. They call the shots. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in Christ, right? I live, I live for him. And so it's no longer my life. It's his life. Listen, if you want your life back, you can have it. But the reality is nobody wants their life back. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You think it's hot outside right now, right? I mean, this is an Arctic blast if you want your life back. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm being dead serious. We laugh, but I'm being dead serious. None of us want our life back. But you can't have it both ways. I want the blessings of God, and yet I want my own, I want my own way. It doesn't work that way. God is not, somebody said this once, God is not our part-time lover. He's our full-time mate, right? I mean, he, he is our permanent person that we are attached to. We're not in Christ one day and out of Christ tomorrow. In Christ on this area, out of Christ on that area. The problem is what happens is sometimes people live, and, I, and I'll be honest, I've lived that way before myself. And, I, and the things I'm talking, there, there are things in my own life that I'm not 100% in. Right? I think we can all agree to that. You're a preacher. Yeah, and you're, and, and, and you're a person just like me. You know, we suffer the same things. But, well, you should be. Well, no, we all should be, but we're all growing, right? Well, y'all looking all judgy at me up here, right? I mean, we're all there, right? We're all in this position. But the problem is when you start saying it's okay and making excuses. Well, I'm not making excuses. When an excuse is making an allowance, Making an excuse for something and making an allowance for it is the exact same thing. And no matter what your reason might be, listen, I love you too much to say it's, I love you too much to just, to just not address it. No matter what your reason is, if it's not, if it doesn't line up with this, it's not valid. Because he said he's created you in Christ Jesus for good works. Why? That you should walk in them. He said the grace on our life, let them think about it. No, let them use it. This is a good word. <laughs> I said, this is a good word. This is so important in our lives. If, if I, I, oh my goodness. The, the other thing I wrote down on the, on, on, the, on the serving thing, the two things, God places where he wants to be. But number two is it's our reasonable service. You know, I said, and when I read Romans 12, I have to read one and two. I just have to read those two verses because they, they're just something I just, like I said, I, I'm just drawn to. My, actually, my Bible falls open in those pages. And I've got paper uh, typed up uh, uh, different versions of those two verses taped in my Bible that I can read them. Every time I go, I read all the different versions of them. Those two verses speak to him, but, but it says, I beseech you therefore, by the, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Romans 12, 1, verse, the end of the verse there, which is your what? Reasonable service. Reasonable service. Reasonable service. When something is reasonable, that means it's, it's one of those and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being antagonistic. I'm just, I'm just saying it's one of those duh moments, right? Paying your taxes is kind of a duh moment. If you don't pay your taxes, it's not good, right? There's just certain things you ought to do, right? 
taking a bath is reasonable service to all of us, right? Please, right? I mean, shower, that's reasonable, you know? Well, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice is a reasonable service. It's reasonable. Now, I just want to say, I'm not directing this towards anybody. I'm really not. I'm, I'm, remember I said, number one, I want to obey God. When he asked me to do something, I'm going to do it because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a people person. Y'all don't know that. I'm a people person. I like people to like me. But more importantly, I would rather God like me. <laughs> right? You say, well, God loves you, brother. You're, 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 been, you're the loved of God. Yeah, but he, he also says to be well-pleasing to the Lord. And, and I encourage you, that, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you be well-pleasing. If he has to encourage us to be well-pleasing, we might not always be well-pleasing. Right? And so I want to be well-pleasing in, in this. I love you. God loves you. But what we do with our, in this life, and, and I'm not going to have time to get into, into, the, into the, 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 the motivation. There's a lot of motivation in the Bible. There's a lot of motivation for why. There's a lot of motivation for why. God is so good. He doesn't just give it. His motivation always isn't just because I told you so. Anybody ever tell you, tell you to do something? Well, why? Because I told you so. It doesn't like, in the kind of like, right, 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 I'll tell you something, speak to the mic, you know. Uh, but but he, he doesn't just say do it because I told you, there's reasons for it. But then I'm wondering, it's, it's reasonable. It's our reasonable service. You know, I've had people before say things, you know, I've had people talk to me, you go to church all the time, what's wrong with you? That's crazy. Well, it's kind of reasonable. I mean, you know, I mean, it really is reasonable. I mean, it may not be what you're doing. And, I, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not answering for you. Now, in this position, like Paul said, by the grace given to me, I do answer for what comes out of my mouth because it's tied to the position he's put me in, right? And if I don't say it, then he holds me responsible for not saying it. You're not doing it or whatever you do. If I don't say it, he holds me responsible for it. I don't like the sound of that. So I got to say it, you know. I'm trying to do it in love. I think this is loving this morning. Hey, let's all smile at each other for a minute. I mean, I love you. All right, no, we, we love one another. Really, this is love, right? This is love. Because I, 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 I want you to, I, I, I want me, I want us to walk worthy of the Lord. That's part of the reasonable service, the walk worthy of him. You know, I'll never forget, you know, I, and I'm not going saying go out and watch this movie, but Saving Private Ryan, when it came out years ago, I know it's, it's rated R, it had violence in it, and you watched that movie, yes, I'm, I apologize. I probably shouldn't have even said that. Now people are going to be writing me notes, should watch the movie, Pastor Kirk. It's a war movie, and I watched it. But I remember at the end, when, when, when Private Ryan, at the end, if, you, if you saw the movie, uh, the guy at the end, you know, I forget his name, uh, Tom Hanks' character had been shot, and, and, and young Private Ryan was there because they, all these men gave their lives to go rescue Private Ryan. And, 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 and so at the end, he, he's taking his, nearing his last breaths. And he, and he looked up to, to, to Ryan and he said, earn this. He said, earn this. He's taking his last breaths. He gave his life for Private Ryan and his company of men. Many of them died in battle to save this man because the, the parents had lost other sons. All the other sons had died in war. Many This happened often in World War II. All the rest of them had died. So there was one still alive. Go find Private Ryan. So they went and it took cost in their life. And the very end, the, the guy in charge, 
the, the, the captain, he, was, he had been shot. He, he, Ryan, he said, earn this. Now, the reality is you can't earn it. But there is something there to the heart of what we do with our lives, right? We can't earn what God did for us. But we can be reasonable in our response to what he did for us. We can be rational, sober-minded in our response to what he's done for us. We, that, it is reasonable to give of ourselves to the one who gave everything to us. Going back to the example I said of that church, you know, the, the minister said that six people met him at the door and, and they welcomed him in and, and greeted him. And, and, you know, and then he went into the, into the study. There's a guy standing there in the corner, kind of stand off to the corner, and, and he didn't know what was going on. And so finally, he, hey, good morning, how you doing? And the man said, hey, have you gone to the bathroom yet? He said, well, no, that's a little awkward. Please don't do that in our office. But anyway, he's like, uh, have you gone to the bathroom yet? And he said, no. He said, you'll find it's the cleanest in the building. Maybe say, well, that's over the top. No, it's not over the top. What Jesus did for us was over the top. What God did for us was over the, over the top. He didn't spare his only son, but he gave him freely for you and I. That, what, for who? I know me. Just me alone. That was not a good deal on God's part. That was not an equal trade, giving up his son for me. That wasn't an equal trade. That wasn't reasonable. Thank you all to all thank God that I'm not God because I'd have been like, we done, we moving on. You know what I mean? No, he, he didn't do that. He loved us enough. It's our reasonable service. Well, this might, this might require me to change some things and, and make some adjustments. Any change or adjustment we make for the kingdom of God is, is 100%. Not even one, it's 110% reasonable. I said it's 110% reasonable. Is there any part of your life that is not worthy to be laid at his feet? It's not, it's not worth it to you. That you want, meaning you want to hold on to it. We don't want to hold on to anything in our lives. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's our reasonable service. I don't think we've probably talked about serving here uh, lately and in the recent in the future, or recent past, but you know I know this can sometimes make people uncomfortable. But the reality is God is aware of these things, and, and the and the other reality is every one of you are graced by God. The reality was is that Jesus. I mean, we're all working in Jesus' ministry. And yes, there, are, there is ministry that goes on outside of the church. That's another trap to fall into, that all ministry happens in the church and, and everything is done here. No, every time you extend grace to somebody, and not just because you're wanting them to tell you thank you, because you're doing it because your heart is motivated by compassion. Remember, Jesus was moved with compassion on them because they, like they were like scattered sheep. So he did something for them. When your motivation, when you're out and about is to bless somebody and you're motivated from the heart of God to show the love of God, to them. You don't always have to necessarily even witness to them, but you're just showing the love of God to them. Sometimes you do need to have a word for them, right? You need to follow your heart, but that's part of, that's part of the ministry as well, right? But it's both sides. We can't just do just inside the walls and then forget what's outside. 
and then, or just do the outside and forget the inside. Jesus said, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He gave us the blueprint for what he's doing. What is G- what in the world is Jesus Christ doing? He's building it. That's the summer program, right? Or no, is it not? Did I just say that out loud? Was I not supposed to say that? Kendra just gave me the evil eye. You did a good job. So uh, they're all next doors. They're not. I should shut up. Okay, I'll move right along. Y'all forgive me. I'm rewinding that. Oh, it didn't say, it didn't happen. Okay, all right. So it didn't happen. I just rewound it, y'all. So y'all can't be mad. All right, if you, whatever kid you heard, you didn't hear me because I rewound it. All right, so uh, <laughs> it didn't work that way. But anyway, what was I saying before I put my foot in my mouth? What in the world is Jesus Christ doing? Y'all never know what you're going to get when I get up here. <sighs> Hallelujah. All right. Lord, forgive me, knows not what he does. I really didn't know what I was doing. I thought they're all next door. But anyway, what in the world is Jesus, what in the world is Jesus Christ doing? What is he doing today? He's building the church. Are you? I mean, that's the question that we should ask ourselves. What is God doing? We know what he's doing. What are we doing? Right? What is it that we're doing? God wants us to have extra things on the outside. They're great. Those are things we should enjoy. He's given us all things to enjoy. He has. He's good. But the minute a thing that's a good, a good thing takes the place of what we should be doing, one of the other areas, then it becomes a should not. Right? Not because in and of itself it's evil, but it's just taking the place of what we were designed for. I want to encourage you, don't let, don't let, don't let just things get in the way. Don't let things get in the way. I was going to talk a little bit about a reward that's attached. There's reward attached to what we do. This life is the shortest thing you and I will ever do. And what we do here means everything about what we're doing there. Right? I mean, this is short. What's coming is, is not short at all. Right? I mean, it, 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 it is forever. And it's not like you get a do-over card. This is it. This is it. This is it. God's done so much for us. He's done so much for me. He's done so much for you. He wants to do so much for somebody, for other people. In fact, he's already done it. He wants them to be acquainted, become acquainted with these things. How is he doing it? The work of the ministry must going on. Pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, all these other things, uh, uh, gifts of healings, miracles, all these things, all these different offices and positions, but also helps and administrations. They're vital to the church. Being being who it's supposed to be, taking its place, working as a well-oiled machine. Every part in its spot, not covering five, but in their spot, all of their efforts, all of their energy, all of their attention in prayer and obedience and the thing God graced them to do. A hundred percent, I'm in it right now. When that happens, man, growth comes. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. You can't stop the gate. He went on to say the gates of hell shall not prevail. It means the gates of hell won't even have a chance against this church that he's building, this well-oiled machine he's building. The gates of hell can't even, can't do anything against it. What church do you want to be a part of? What church do you want to see in your generation? 
What church do you want to see during your lifetime? What, what church do you, and I'm not talking about even this church, but church as a whole, what do you want it to look like? It'll look like what we do with it. It'll look like it'll be the representation that we make it. It'll be when we're in our spot doing our thing, what God's graced us to do. That's when the church will start looking like what he's designed it to be. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.